irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu, right here on LA Talk Radio. Not this time. Giants Causeway's most brilliant two-year-old ever and America's fastest juvenile in 2016. Ran a four and three-quarter magazine in the Grade 1 Breeders' Cup Juvenile, faster than Classic Empire, and his 102 buyer equaled Classic Empire. Dominated the Grade 3 Iroquois Stakes at Churchill by eight and three-quarter lengths over eventual Kentucky Derby runner-up, looking at Lee. Not this time, full of run in the Iroquois. Not this time. Standing at TaylorMade Stallions. Horse ownership experience is brought to you by TaylorMade Stallions. Not this time. First yearlings are averaging $200,000. He has seven six-figure crop weanlings. How about that from his first crop? Tell Travis White, 859-885-3345. That's Travis White at TaylorMade Stallions. And we are a go. I don't think. Well. We're hoping you can hear us, Ronan. We're talking. We are live. This happens usually on a daily basis with us. This is the Horse Ownership Experience. We're brought to you by TaylorMade Stallions. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me, as always, is the fabulously talented Michelle Yu. And she looks just unbelievable today for all of you Michelle Yu fans. She's got her hair pulled back. No, come on. She looks good. You going to make up today or no makeup? I don't wear makeup anyway. Yeah, she doesn't wear makeup. I do uh, actually I have eyeliner on. Yeah. It's uh it's Tuesday, August 20th. We have just finished week 5 of the 7 week Delmar meet. I am running on empty. You know, it's so funny as I was texting with Anna and I was like, "Are you coming down here?" and she's like, "I'm not coming for the rest of the meet." I'm like, "What?" She's like, "You knew that." And I'm like, "Well, no, I knew of like two trips, but like, is it really that close? And I looked at my calendar in yeah. my head. I swear we've got a month left. No. It's like August 20th. And I'm like, oh, crap. It's crazy how fast this has gone. It mm-hmm. is unbelievable. It happens every year. But we had a we have a great show. We have Eric Johnson, who has become one of the uh, most popular, I would say. Uh, I thought you were going to get him in, in office here with us. Oh, no, he's training. Oh, is he? Yeah, he was on skates. He just sent me a, a picture of his uh, locker. Nice. Uh, taking off all of his stuff. Eric. Close? Yes, Eric. <laughs> Eric plays for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, he owns horses with Doug O'Neill and Andrew Lerner and Phil D'Amato. He does a lot of. Uh, he, he he's just very very involved. He's a great guy. This a was lot a of huge fun. summer for him. Huge summer. Coast to coast. Coast to coast. And uh, so he'll join us in about twelve minutes. Um, we're going to start as usual. You think with he our- has time to shower? He's going to shower right now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to talk about the races because it was a crazy, crazy weekend. Del Mar, the Pacific Classic. Michelle, take it away. If you listen to my XP <coughs> stuff, you know I loved Higher Power's last word. You did. He got I an A minus on one of the worksheets. He looks so good. Yeah. And he absolutely romped. Not to mention he's got the cutest nose in North America. He doesn't look like he got sure. dipped in paint. Right? Um, so wait, wait. Who's the owner again? Oh. Costa Hironas, <laughs> the only and guy Pete. allowed to win races. And oh, Pete. yeah. And Brother Pete. Brother Pete. And Stephanie. Stephanie. And Stephanie. 
Congratulations to the Heronises and to John and Sadler. And get well soon for Stephanie. She she wasn't able to make it because she had some kind of procedure done. And, and Costa wasn't going to come to the Pacific Classic. And wow. she was like, no, you have to go. That's amazing. Um, so They've really, uh, they continue to find new superstars. And uh, higher power joins that fray, mm-hmm. as Trevor would say. Uh, and it was a great race. Um, you know, for a race that really kind of didn't have uh, star superstar power. attractions, mm-hmm. it was a really fun betting race. Right. Um, it was and, a really fun when you bet the winner and it paid like 26 yes, bucks and you were really like, was. oh, yeah. And if you bet the double to Super Patriot. Oh, I have once upon a time, <laughs> I played a late pick four at Del Mar and I had a wonderful ticket. I was like, yeah, after the first race. And I yeah. was like, yeah, after Cambier Park won, right. I was screaming with excitement after this horse won. Yeah. Oh, but no one, no one told me about Super oh, Patriot. Oh, we love Super Patriot. WTF, Billy. <laughs> I think you owe me a possible uh, late pick four payout. Uh, I cannot believe you threw out Super Patriot. That's what, you remember Ryan that came on our show? Yeah. He was like, so you totally hammered that right and had it, right? Because yeah. I told him I was alive good in the last right. leg. I was like, yeah. nope. I uh, played the 11, God. though. Terrible. I want to like stab you in the eyeball. Sorry, right I played very well. Super Patriot. First off the claim for Richie Baltus. Won the last race. The second on the card for Little Red Feather. Our Euro Empire succeed and surpass. Uh, won earlier in the card. We really loved that horse first time and got a terrible trip. It just mm-hmm. shows you uh, when you get a nice trip and you stalk and you, you well, are both, covered up. Both Europeans. of those um, instances, Johnny V absolutely gave you a dream ride up the fence. He was so patient with both of those. Johnny V was was God for mm-hmm. a day. And he won the, the grade one Del Mar Oaks aboard Cambier Park for Chad Brown and for our good friend Larry Best Is of he OXO. Our friend? He yeah, no, no, no I love Larry. No, he, just, <laughs> he doesn't do that. That's not. I know Mr. you love I call him Best. Mr. Best. He's let me, let me tell you about Larry Best. He looked like he got a little choked up he, after that the, was his first grade one win. No, you are you serious? Yes, that was his I first asked him, grade I was like, one well, win. That was great for his, yes. I was like, no way. He spent yes. so much money. He spends so much money, and he's so good for the game. And he's uh, I asked. Uh, I'm friends with John Dowd, who is basically uh, his racing manager. Mm-hmm. And I said to John, um, you know, hey, if Larry's just coming by himself, because I know John wasn't coming, I'm like, have him come up to the veranda. I'll, you know, have him have a beer. We'll leave him alone. I'll get him a seat somewhere. And he's like, nah, I'm like, well, where's he going to hang out? He goes, he just goes to the grandstand. <laughs> he just carries like a little backpack and goes by himself to the grandstand. That's awesome. And That's why you yeah, lose it. I know. And he is just, uh, he's just a really neat guy and he's great for the game. And I think it's great that uh, Cambier Park came out and showed just well, how awesome. Sh- you mean how awesome Chad Brown is? Because he just wins well, grade one grass races left and right. And but I'll be what? honest with you. I didn't love her last work because she she looks like she could be a little quirky. I didn't love watching her gallop here, um, but you know she's running on the dirt. She obviously yeah, runs in the grass. Yeah, and she, when he turned her Ooh. loose, it was like on. I mean, I could not over. believe yeah. how fast she made it. His message ran really good for for Simon Callahan. Uh, and uh, you know what? Give credit to Raymond the Secret. I that's who I she, played. Raymond you know what? Secret. She she broke so well for Florent Giroux that he had no choice but to just kind of go to the lead, and that's mm-hmm. not really what we had planned. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mile and an eighth, grade one, third start of her career. She got beat four lengths. Mm-hmm. Nothing to hang your head about. Uh, and turning for home, you felt a little excited, she right? She still, she cut the corner. And yeah, I was like, come on, Raymond, Come on, Raymond, <laughs> She really tried. So I, she'll be tough in a one other than back to she, would look awesome. she was on my pick four ticket, oh, too, so man, I was really cheering her on. That would have been huge. She got bet down to second choice. Mm-hmm. Tori Pines. Um, Tori Pines was fighting mad. Fighting which mad. Was good on the stretch out for Bob Baffert. Yeah. Had big time sheet numbers going in. Didn't know if she could go two turns, but she surely did. Um, that was really impressive. Acclimate looked super good. Gate to wire. They Acclimate just never reeled them in. You know, it was like, it was a repeat of the San Juan Capistrano mm-hmm. that he ran. And, and Phil D'Amato, what a huge weekend for him. Um, Acclimate is owned by the 
the estate. Um, uh, Buddy Johnson. Yes. And uh, a huge weekend because he came back on Sunday in the Del Mar Mile with um, Prince Earl. Prince Earl. Off the layoff. Huge layoff. You know, it's funny. He was So Prince Earl's workout partner is Andesh. Okay. And so they were both going to run in the two other van. Mm-hmm. And then Phil said, you know, their owners want to go in the Del Mar Mile. I'm like, fine, I'll take the two right. other van. And so Andesh goes and rolls in the two other van and Prince Earl comes back and wins the Del Mar Mile. So, you know, Phil was off to a slow start at the meet, but um, has really come Only on like gangbusters. But it's kind of like, sh- like Sadler too, though. It's, it's You say slow start because they don't have the numbers, but they're winning all the stakes. Like, they're winning a look, lot of stakes. Look, if Phil didn't win a race, then he won like those Cal Red stakes, right. like two or three in a day. Yep. And, you know, so we'll see that. And like Sadler's not winning a lot of overall races, but he's winning pretty much anything that's graded on the dirt. Unbelievable. Um, there was also the Green Flash, which was... On paper, salty lineup because they had um, Eddie Haskell, Stormy Liberal, the Breeders' Cup winner, which we knew that was a prep race. Yeah. And then Mr. Vargas, who had just won a race, and they all threw down, and Mr. Vargas won. I mean, that was for Sam Siegel. Fun, fun race. You know, Sam Sam has been in this industry for a long time. She's one of our favorites. She's been on our show, and it's nice to see those. uh, those green and and blue Mm -hmm. flags flying. Uh, uh, Have you seen her shoes? No. She's She's got custom made like JMS. Like, Uh, yeah. See, that's what I, that's awesome. They're like vans. And then, yeah. yeah. So maybe we do that. Should we get horse ownership experience shoes? Yeah. All right. Um, Okay. Then the, was it the Monmouth Oaks that Jaywalk was in? Yeah. She lost a horologist. Horologist. The owners of of that horse is There's a Chance Stable. I love that. (laughs) I don't know who they are, but I feel like they need to be on our show. Yeah, no, we need to get them for sure. And then Dunbar Road Uh, won the Alabama. The Alabama, you know, it was pouring rain. Did Mm -hmm. you see that? I mean, every. (laughs) Well, how about the how about the earlier race on the card? The lake, the lake. uh, Oh, with the dead heat that they couldn't even tell. It's not a dead heat. And then they lightened up the picture, and it it was blatantly one horse winning over another. But. When you look at the original photo that they were given, I mean, you couldn't call couldn't it. Tell. It was too dark. You know, how we need better technology. Yeah, I mean, come on. We're in the year 2019. Let's get some better technology, people. Uh, it's just a joke out there. But let's go back to Dunbar Road. She is something. And I heard she's going to take on older next time. I think I read oh. uh, for Chad Brown and his main man. Um, what's his main man? Um, I just totally forgot. Clapman. No. Uh, Clara Carmen. No, that's not. Um, it's the, the other, the other man. The Euro the green, guy. The green. Yeah, uh, Peter Brandt. Peter Brandt. Yeah. Peter Brandt. Peter Brandt. Let's get Peter Brandt on the show. Do it. Sister Charlie. Um. Well, right. let's see. So that was a dead heat race, by the way. The, the dead heat race. The dead was heat race was a. Was a um, that was like, as a, you can tell, Michelle and I are beat. That was a really quick race. <laughs> we're, we just keep putting our heads down. We can't remember anybody's name. Um, Thankfully, Eric Johnson's going to come in and liven this thing up in about three minutes. So Ronan, get ready to call So Eric. Coming up. Uh, Omaha beach will not go in the shared belief. That was his intended return <laughs> of the races. And I told you, by the way, he wouldn't win that race. He got virus. got a virus. Everything Apparently, is everybody sick on the back. Oh yeah. Every one of our horses was coughing and Bob Baffert's horses are, I mean, look at, he was supposed to send game winner to the Travers and he's got the virus. Our vet said everything on the backside sick. That's crazy. Well, it's at that summer cool. It's right when, you know how you can tell like towards the end of Del Mar, right when it starts to get really chilly in the mornings. Yeah. Okay. So like, I feel like it's right around then every year. That everyone catches a cold. I'm surprised I haven't been sick yet. Although, do you want to know, like, in my head? So, our whole barn was sick, right? And my pony horse 
we let someone use and uh, he ponies other horses. He got them also. But he's not in our barn. He's like outside in a pony pen. But like, yeah, so like two days after he ponied some Mandela's, Mandela's like, yeah, Omaha Beach is scratching. I'm like, oh my God, my pony horse got <laughs> Omaha Beach sick. Don't tell anybody that. I know, right. Well, he doesn't. Going back to the Pacific him. Classic, mm-hmm. like how do you think the race will, will shape up as we move forward? Is higher power going to be a horse that's going to be important in the next couple of months and for the Breeders' Cup? Well, I mean, if he stays around, because it seems that every time we have a horse out here win a big prep, we haven't seen hide nor hair of him. Like, where's Vina Rosso? Where's Gift Box? Where's, I mean, you know, they just, we'll have to yeah. see. We'll have to, have to see, really. The I older division is very spotty. lacklustery mm-hmm. right now. That's a... Well, that's so funny. It's like McKenzie and then... So that you say that, and then that's what Ryan said. He's like, well, so this horse totally can win the Breeders' Cup now, right? Like, who do we have? And I'm like, well, you have three-year-olds. You have Maximum Security, Game Winner, and War of Will, if you like any of those. Then you've got McKenzie and Thunder Snow, which all of a sudden they start sounding a little bit better, right? Then you've got Gift Box and and Vina Rosso, if you'd like either of them. Yoshida looked really good the other day. So then once you start naming them, you're like, yeah. but it's like, it's nothing to like... I think McKenzie, of all of them, just kind of stands out. He should be... If the race... If he goes run the mile this and a quarter. If the race was run this weekend, he's what even money. If he if he goes the mile and a quarter. Yeah, I think the race. So... I think the most. I think, and I'm I'm biased here, but the race that's really shaping up to be the good race is the British Cup Distaff. Mm-hmm. Are they still call it the Distaff? Mm-hmm. It's Ladies back Classic. to no, it's back to Distaff. Yeah, the right way. And that race this weekend is coming up. It's Bizu against. Uh, well, we still have Monomoy and Girl Monomoy Girls now galloping. Yeah. We had her. a three furlong work. Like it, it's that that race is going to be something. I'm 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 really excited about that okay. race if it shapes up uh, the way it's headed. Um, everybody stay sound. We need all these horses to stay sound. Right. We need everybody to be sound and healthy. Travers coming up this weekend. So Speaking of not sound and healthy, division. we lose game winner. We lose maximum security. Do well, we maximum have? security they said wasn't a hundred percent right. That's what service. So we said. have Tacitus. Tacitus tax. Scars are cool. Looking at bikinis, highest honors, endorsed, mucho gusto, code of honor, laughing fox, everfast, and chess chief. I literally know six of those horses. Yeah, that's weird that we just don't know. So it's 12 horses. I only know half of them. Just to be fair, though, remember Arrogate? No one really knew of him. We did. We, yeah, but like no one knew of him when he went we to the did. Travers and won it in track record time. All right, Ronan, get us Eric Johnson so we can talk to him and let our, let our horse ownership audience hear from this superstar hockey player and horse owner. He should be joining us any second. He's going to pop off the phone. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with honor code. Code of honor, you mean? Code of honor. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to oh. go with your gusto. There he is, Eric. Eric. Hi, guys. Hey, Hi. you're live on the Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Thank you very much for joining us. What's going on? No, where, yeah, you sent me the picture of your locker. You just got, what's going on? What's, what's happening today? Oh, on the weekends, and then I get right back to the grind in Denver uh, Monday to Friday, and then come right back out to Denver. Fun. Yeah. What kind of shape are you in right now? Like, when does the season start? Uh, we report to 12, and uh, so typically, I would say, you know, we're in the gym. Um, Right after the season, probably take about three weeks off. Our season ended uh, the 10th of May, so it took three weeks off. And then back in the gym pretty much five days a week. And then I got back on the ice on the first three weeks, four days a week. In California for a few days, and then back in Denver during the week here. But I'm still going to be bumping into you at the racetrack at Del Mar this weekend. 
are they pretty understanding about you know your passion for horse racing? <laughs> Where they're like, hey, we got to do oh, this. Oh yeah, thing. yeah. Like, got a horse in a grade one. I mean, yeah, and I mean, it's. I just I don't think they've even worried about it. It's not a distraction. You just sit there and cheer for your horse racing. You know, I think uh, you know some guys like to go. That's a little bit more damaging to the body, isn't it? So uh, I don't think it's too bad. <laughs> Just going to watch your horses run and uh, just having a good time at the track. Well, tell us, Eric, a little bit. Um, obviously, we know your hockey background, but how did you first get introduced to horse ownership? Yeah, so, Billy, I uh, was 16, and um, I have an aunt and uncle that live in uh, Del Mar. Uh, he actually he owns the Jimbo's grocery store. Um, and... Uh, He's actually my uncle Jimbo, and uh, so I would go down every every summer with my family for probably a week. And one um, one summer, I brought a friend, and um, I didn't know anything about you know Del Mar or anything. So uh, he was like, "There's a racetrack, and the horses are racing." He's just saying we should go for uh, a couple of days and uh, check it out in the afternoon. So uh, I think while my family went to the beach with him, went to the racetrack, and. He's like, you can put money to a horse to finish third. And I was just like, what? You can make money? (laughs) So I made a show bet on like a 20 to one shot and made like 10 bucks. And I thought it was the greatest thing ever. I was like 16 and somehow they didn't ask for my ID. uh, I was kind of happy that I just kind of followed in the nose. And I think to the average, the average horse racing fan, they think it's Kentucky Derby. And then horse racing goes away. And maybe some people see it. Um, uh, in the Breeders' Cup, um, just your average American probably doesn't really know how uh, the depths of horse racing. So I would say I kind of got into it when I started uh, playing hockey professionally, making a little bit more money, and um, was able to get an ownership side. And uh, probably 26 years old, I just kind of started to look around and figure out how to own some horses. And now I have too many, and I need to get rid of some before the season starts. <laughs> well, you know, take us back. You're 26. You're 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 trying to get into horse ownership. What was your process? What kind of homework did you do? What kind of research did you do? Who did you speak to when you when you really didn't know much about it and and wanted to get involved? I went online and just did some research, and the first that that I got hooked up with uh, was a one with Team Bauer. I know it wasn't a little red for Billy. I'm sorry, but. Um, that was the first way I kind of got involved. And I think syndicates do a great job of getting people involved in the game. A lot of money. Um, and it, I think it brings people in the game. And it's like, if it hits with two or three people that end up going on horses on their own, I think they, they definitely have done their job to build the game. And that's kind of what happened with me. So I took a piece with Team Valor and I just slowly kind of taught myself. Just tried to read as much as I could and ask a lot of questions to different people and um, uh, ask stupid questions, and um, then I just kind of got hooked up with the O'Neill Barn and uh, uh, and Paul Redham, and things just kind of took off from there. And, all right. So, how? What was the first horse you owned? And tell us. You know, this show is about um, horse ownership, and we want to get new people in. So, tell us some of those dumb questions because we don't believe. I'm looking at Michelle, and she's she's shaking her head up and down. There are no dumb questions. Never. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I just felt dumb because I think I asked what he, uh, I think someone said, we need to, we need to castrate this horse. We need to gel them. <laughs> and it was over text. And I'm like, what's a gelding? I remember saying, I'm like, what is a gelding? I have no clue, like no idea. And, 
I think I ask stupid questions like what's a hor- what's dropping in what's dropping in class or something or what's a what's non two lifetime what's a, you know what's a first condition allowance stuff like that. I just I asked really dumb questions that I felt oh, dumb. dumb. Those yeah. are intro questions. No, like I felt dumb asking at the time because you know I don't know when you're new to something it just feels like you're you're asking them. Uh, questions that you should know the answer to, but the reality is you shouldn't because it is kind of confusing at first. And, um, you know, I asked questions about the racing farm and, you know, what the buyers were and what, what our rallies and that stuff like that. And I had TBT on a lot and listened to them and I uh, just picked up on things and tried to figure out to read the racing form and, um, ask questions about workouts and just, uh, just tried to soak up as much information as I could from people who knew what they were talking about. And, uh, then you kind of start to make some of your own decisions. And if you feel comfortable with it, how long, how long Eric did it take you where you felt comfortable that said, you said, I'm going to buy a horse either on my own, or I'm not going to be with a syndicate. I might partner up with someone like a Paul Redham or a Doug O'Neill. Um, how long did you, what was the learning curve? I probably waited really, I would say, maybe a year or a little bit longer. Um, I had a great experience just learning um, initially from, from joining with Team Valor quickly and um, I enjoyed getting to the game that way. Uh, I think it was the year after I just sent a note to, uh, to Doug because there was, a, there was a horse that I just thought had the funniest name. It was called Bad Reed Sanchez and I they were yeah. talking about it on TVG, and I just loved the name. I thought that was so funny, and I, I just emailed and said, "Hey, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm new to the game. Are you selling shares in this horse?" And uh, of course, Paul Redden doesn't sell shares of horses. Sure. Uh, it was his horse, and um, I got hooked up with Dennis and Doug, and had actually uh, went golfing with Paul and Dennis. And Paul was like, "Well, why don't?" why don't you hop in for, you know, 10 or 20% of a horse with me and see how you like it. And we partnered on a horse. Uh, I think our first one was named where's the D he's kind of making fun of me. Where's the defense. And, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it popped at Del Mar at 38 to one and, uh, the straight maiden. And I just thought that was the greatest thing ever. And, uh, slowly but surely got some more horses after that. And, um, you know, now it's, uh, outside of hockey, it's, it's my passion. Horse ownership experience welcomes Eric Johnson. Eric, so now this year you, you've really pushed on with your ownership. I mean, you have horses like Comical, and I want one. I mean, Comical goes to New York. You go to Saratoga. You go to Opening Day. This is and called you win. The, and you win. This is called the horse ownership experience. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, so that's kind of I think it's the whole process I went through with Comical was. Um, you know, kind of a, kind of a dream of an owner. You, I, I bought her at Keeneland, um, with the help of David Mia. Uh, and, uh, the plan was to pin hook her. She went to the OBS March sale and, um, I think she went 21 and one, uh, for a quarter and went really nice, but, um, she didn't generate a lot of interest and I didn't want to lose money since she was into mischief and her dams a full to, t- uh, Colonel John. And, uh, I just didn't want to get rid of her for, um, you know, what I thought was fair value. So I, I kept her and, uh, added a, a partner of mine, Dave Kenny, uh, and Mark Verge, um, to, to partner up with her. And, uh, I got to give credit to Doug on that because he, 
messaged me after he saw that I withdrew her and said, Hey, what are you doing with that intermissive filly? I really liked her. Um, I love the trainer. So if it wasn't for Doug, we probably wouldn't own her. So we sent her to Doug and she trained great. Uh, obviously one first time out at Santa Anita and then decided to send her out to the Skylerville Saratoga. And, um, you know, for those who haven't been to Saratoga, it's an amazing place. And to win a race there, especially a stakes race with a horse bought as a yearling was just amazing feeling. And, uh, just uh it's funny how things work out you know it, she wasn't loved at the sale by a lot of the agents but it worked out for us in, in the long run hopefully and uh we're gonna run her in the in the debut time kind of threw a clunker in the sorrento but um we're excited about how she's trained after that talk about being at saratoga was that your first trip there it was not actually i went um i went my i think it was the first year I owned a horse with Team Valor, we had a filly run on the Skyler Girl that I just took a, a small piece of, and we went to run third. And then I hadn't been back for probably three or four years, and um, went with uh, my friend Dave Kenny and a couple other friends, and we rented a house there. And Saratoga is like a place where you almost go back in time. It just feels like you you travel back to you know the fifties or the sixties, and uh, the track's amazing, the town's amazing, and. Uh, we had a great time. It was a great experience and, um, you know, hopefully it can go back someday. What's, what's better, Eric Delmar or Saratoga? Oh, I, I, it's, I really think it's Delmar <laughs> and, uh, Delmar. I'm not just saying that. I mean, it's 75 degrees every day and, um, <laughs> too, they say so. the fields are small, but if you look at Saratoga, they enter 15 and scratch eight anyway. So <laughs> the Eric, yes. Oh. Eric, tell us a little bit about, you know, you, you mentioned Doug O'Neill and obviously he does an incredible job. He's almost the leading trainer down here every year. He's got a lot of horses. He's got a lot of business. And they, I think what Doug does best is he makes it fun. I know you like to have fun. Tell us a little bit about the experience with Doug and that whole crew. Yeah, I think you just have to find a comfort zone with your trainer. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, winning is the most fun, right? So whoever you do that with is probably the trainer you're going to want to send horses to. So um, fortunately for me, I've had some success with Doug and some other trainers, Toby Amato and um, some others. So uh, with Doug, he just makes it a good time and really takes care of his owners. He's a good communicator, makes it a lot of fun. And I think that's kind of what, you're in horse racing for is the fun of it and uh, the thrill of watching your horse run. I mean, when when you see your horse at the top of the stretch with a chance to win, there's no feeling like it. I just uh, try and expose as many people to the game. I mean, I've had high school friends since I've been friends with since I was 12 years old and brought them to Del Mar. And, you know, now when they go back to Minnesota and it's Thursday, they're texting me, what's the pick five? What are we doing today? <laughs> so they just try and get people into the game and uh, expose them to it and, it can be hard at times to get people into it, but the best way I try to explain the ownership is so a lot of people have the golf, right? And they love to, you know, join a country club. And I try and say, listen, if you're going to own a horse, your initiation fee to the golf course is your payment to the horse. You're buying in the experience of owning a horse. You're buying in the experience of joining a golf club. Your dues at the golf club are paying your bills on the horse every month. You're getting the enjoyment of golfing, you know, and interacting with other uh, members there. It's the same thing with your horse. You're paying your dues, your monthly bills for the enjoyment of owning the horse. You're going to maybe get some purse money. It could hit, and you could make a ton of money. So uh, I try and explain to people in that sense because, um, you know, I find most people that like horses like to golf too. So I try and 
I try and explain it to new people in the game, but that's kind of how you got to look at it. Well, I think that's a that's a great analogy. I was actually going to ask you, how do you believe horse racing compares to hockey as far as competition-wise, as far as the thrill, the action? What? Wh- how do you compare and contrast it to hockey, which obviously you grew up playing and you still play as your profession? Yeah, I mean, I, I understand it from the athlete point of view. I mean, as an owner, you get upset when your horses get hurt. And then I think about my owner, and I get hurt all the time. He's probably like, God, this guy can't stay healthy. What's wrong with this guy? Right. So, and that, I'd be avoided claim every time. No, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's one of those things where, you, from an athlete's perspective, you understand that the horses, you know, they're going to have good days. They're going to have bad days. They're not going to be at their best every time, and you can't talk to them. You can kind of, you can, you can get signs if they're doing well or not. But uh, from an athlete's perspective, you know, you just understand that um, they're animals with their own mind and some days are going to be better than others. And um, the trainers are kind of like the coach. They know what buttons to push and how to handle them. And uh, the owners put up the money and it's kind of it's similar from, from that perspective. And you get an appreciation for the jockeys and what great athletes they are and uh, all the hard work that goes in on a day-to-day basis from the trainers and uh, how uh, magnificent the horses are. Eric, you talked about Comical being a horse that you had bought in thoughts of pinhooking her. So you've got from partnerships to solo owner, reaching out into maybe some pinhooking ventures. Is there another aspect that you're going to touch on? Are you just trying to find out what you like the best or are you the kind of guy that just likes lots of action on lots of fronts? Yeah, I mean, at Delmar, I try and get as many horses as I can for six weeks and have as much action as possible. Win as many races as I can because it's the only time I can really get to the racetrack. Uh, I can't get there from, you know, September to, to June or May. So um, there's really no time for me to go. So I like to have as much action as I can uh, July 17th to September 2nd. And then after that, I kind of whittle it down from there. And, um, you know, to be honest, I, I like all aspects. I think Pendleton's great. I have three or four broodmares and, uh, you know, like to plan some matings and sell some babies. And, um, but I think primarily to get someone into the game, um, as a new owner, I think just owning a racehorse and getting into the winter circle, uh, at Del Mar or something like that's the best way to do it. And I, that's kind of, in my, my opinion, that's, that's what everyone's trying to do is win the big race on the big day. And, um, there, there's no better feeling. I mean, even just winning a race, on any day at Del Mar is a great accomplishment. So, um, yeah, just the time at Del Mar, I just rob and treasure a ton and try and get out there as much as I can and uh, try and have as much action I can during the Del Mar meet. Eric, I'm going to ask you one tough one. <clears throat> Ho- right. Obviously, hockey uh, has its up and down, ups and downs as far as attendance, as far as popularity. Right now, horse racing is a little bit up against it with everything that went on at Santa Anita. Well, it, it, give us, a, uh, in your opinion, what what can our sport do to get back to where it needs to be to get the trust of the people out there and the fans and the gamblers um, and, and get back to some of the great days we used to have where it wasn't just on the big days where it was crowded, but it was always crowded. I mean, I would say Billy, the biggest thing from, from my perspective, and I mean, my opinion doesn't matter that much, but I just think exposing as many uh, new people to the game as possible. I think, you know, the more fans you have of horse racing, I mean, it's easier said than done. How do you expose more people to the game? And I think, uh, like we mentioned, syndicates do a great job at that. Marketing does a great job at that. But 
I think if you see, you know, when Drew Brees is at Del Mar or um, athletes and influencers are, are at the Breeders' Cup, I think when people if people see that and and understand that, okay, oh, this person's here, how do I get into horse racing? And I think the the biggest thing is, you know, just exposing people to the game that wouldn't really have an opportunity. Um, it, it's kind of like, in a way, I kind of compare it to hockey. Hockey's a an expensive sport. Not everyone can play it. How do you get people involved in it that wouldn't have the opportunity? And I think getting kids involved, um, Doug had a great idea one time of trying to get as many army veterans, um, to the races as possible. I mean, for years, horses were, were, were huge, huge, um, um, that's the word I'm looking for. Huge pieces of the U S army. I mean, there's World War one, these horses, I mean, all, all, all these horses were such magnificent animals for so long. And, I just think exposing people to the game uh, that that wouldn't be able to get there on a, on a day-to-day basis. And I just think if you include um, influencers, athletes, celebrities, um, stuff like that, where people see those people there and um, say, I want to be there too. So maybe not a great answer. I stumbled a little bit, but that's just kind of my uh, opinion. If, if, if it could happen, how do we do it? We're all trying to work towards that and, and hopefully uh, we can. Eric, we would like to get a piece of advice. I know you'd mentioned earlier about kind of your path to horse ownership, but if someone wants to get in, besides don't worry about asking silly questions, what other advice would you give to a newbie that's trying to break into the game? Um, I, I, that's just what I did was go online, and I think that's the best tool to learn. I think you can you can learn a lot just uh, reading things online, and um, you know. I, that's just, that's just what I did. I think, uh, just ask questions, um, try and read as many things as possible. And, um, I think, uh, I think horse racing is getting out of the hole that it's been right now. I think it's trending in the right direction. And, you know, as horrible as all those uh, deaths were at Santa Anita, I think, um, maybe it forced people to, to be maybe a little bit more careful and, and look at the sport and say that we do need to grow it in better ways to, uh, to make it great and, uh, to make it last forever. And, uh, and hopefully those things are going in the right direction. Well, we appreciate your passion. We appreciate your time. We know you probably have to get back on your skates soon. So oh, um, real quick, oh. you're, are you buying anything at the Phasic Barrett sale? Because, uh, I don't want to go head to head with you again. My pocketbook is so much smaller than yours. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's why I want one. Yeah, yes, I want one. I thought I had her bought at oh. nine thousand, and you and I a thousand at a time <laughs> killed me. So did I? If I had known, right? if I had known, yeah. yeah, yeah, we could have, we could have uh, maybe done something. So we'll find it up on the next one. All right. Let me know if you like anything the phasic Barrett cell. Otherwise, I'm going to have to like steer clear of your direction. All right. Well, Eric Johnson, oh, yeah, we appreciate it. Good luck this season. Good luck the best of the way, uh, the rest of the way in Del Mar. Two more weeks to go. I'm sure you have many runners and we will look out for those uh, Royal Blues. Where do the silks come from? So I uh, just kind of wanted to get hockey and horses, the horseshoe and the hockey stick and my initials and they didn't turn exactly how I wanted them, but whatever. They look fine. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you name more of your horse's hockey names? Uh, I'm trying, but, um, I, you know, I have a nice horse named Landis God, Michelle. It's named after the captain of my team and my good buddy. So I try and name them after some, some friends and teammates. And 
I had a horse named Slapshot Man. Uh, where's the D? So a little. I think I pulled a goalie too. So uh, I try to I try to add some some hockey names. So okay. we'll, we'll do that for sure some more. All right, man. Well, we, hey, good luck with Commander too on uh, Labor Day weekend for uh, Phil Demata that we're partnered up oh, with you. Are you with him? On yeah, Commander, Eric Johnson, the tiniest the, horse the ever. The smallest horse. The smallest. He's horse my future the... polo pony. <laughs> well, we hope it happens. I know. Hopefully, he can run too. Yeah. Uh, we'll hopefully we'll see you out here. And if not have a great season, I'm sure we'll talk a lot before that. And we really, really appreciate you spending the time with us today. Thank you. My pleasure, Michelle and Billy. I'll see you guys on the weekend. I'm sure. All right. See, Eric, we'll see you in the weekend. Thank you so much. That's Thank Eric Johnson you. joining us here on the horse ownership experience. You're totally going to name a horse gelding now, right? Gelding is a great name <laughs> for a horse. Yeah. Gelding. It's kind of like if we're jiving and melding at the same I don't even time. know what gelding. that is. But here, let me tell you, Eric has, uh, he did it the right way. You know, he, he did his homework. Mm-hmm. He got in with a syndicate. He wanted to do more on his own. He met Doug O'Neill. When you meet, when you meet a guy like Doug and that gang, yeah. you know, with Steve and, and Dennis and, you know, they're good guys. They like to have fun. Eric is a fun guy. Um, he's young. He's a hockey player, he's a professional mm-hmm. hockey player. And and they sit up in the suite here at Del Mar. Mm-hmm. And um, he's just done it the right way. He's even he, he laughed. He said, I have too many horses right now. He, right. Might, he probably does. <laughs> but, um, you know, he'll be so like so closing weekend at Del Mar when all the horses are like yeah. dropping. You're like not scared. You're like, no. claim, claim, claim. Yeah. he'll be aggressive. I'm sure. Uh, maybe but he'll sell me my filly. <laughs> maybe. But you know what? Um, we need more people like Eric. I think it's important. I think that's why he took the time to come on the mm-hmm. show today. Um, hopefully, you know, he has a point. Um, influencers are important. Uh, but what we've done with the game with we need more transparency. Uh, we need these new rules in place. I think they're helping. Let's I mean, listen, we don't have to. There's no elephant in the room. Delmar, knock on wood, hasn't had a breakdown during a race. Right. I mean, that's pretty good for five weeks of racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's really important to credit to Delmar and it's a credit to all the horsemen on the grounds who have taken this very, very seriously. To, and they're trying to prove to the the what I'll call the social media world mm-hmm. that uh, horse racing is a sport that's going that they we already know it's been around forever and it's going to keep going. Um, the, the talks of horse racing's uh, is going out at the way of any other of these sports that mm-hmm. are gone is not true. And I think that guys like Eric are, are helping with that and helping spread the word. So it's really important. Thanks. Thanks again to him for uh, coming on the show. Michelle, what's uh what else we got? So that I was do, Billy's soapbox. I again. do have like actually a little update. So Seeking the Soul did come out to run in Del Mar and he ran disappointingly. And yeah. it just came out now that Dallas Stewart said he had thumps. What is thumps? So thumps is an electrolyte imbalance in a racehorse. Um, it's it's kind of akin to hiccups. Um, do you remember when Irish work I had it? Like, yeah, yeah, yes. yes. Okay. So like you can just like different ways to treat it. You can like try and give them like an electrolyte balancer. You can try and use less Lasix. Like there's no real, like why it comes and right. you know, horses that have it. Ten- but it's, tendency called to, it's called thumps. Yeah. Okay. Um, but so Dallas said that he had thumps that day and he said like, you know, it was like a perfect weather situation. So he's not sure why, um, but, but now they're going to probably didn't know about that before the race, obviously. Right. I mean, yeah, it, said it, like, it could have been just like right, right after he right. came back and, you know, had it. Yeah. Um, so that's an excuse if you liked him and wondered why he maybe didn't run up to yeah. par. So that could be a okay. reason why. And, you know, it could have just been 
um, the electrolyte imbalance situation happens a lot of times when you ship horses, you know, okay. because they don't drink water or you bring them to a new place, you know, water tastes differently. Yeah, that's so, a good point. Um, you know, he might not have wanted to drink the water when it was here. So next time they can try and give him like an electrolyte balancer as they ship, they can haul their well, own water Well, interesting that he them. has to ship back for the Breeders' Cup Classic and right. he come back. Right. Well, so. they're going to run him into Lucas Classic, I guess. Okay. And then come back out here if, you know, if everything is as all systems go. But uh, there's like these really great patches that we actually use when we haul horses that they help You're with talking electrolyte balancing. And um, <laughs> you can bring your own water. Bring your own water. If you need to. Some of BYO, the heroes do that. BYOW. BYOW. All right. All right. I do have um, Aftercare Corner. Yeah. What do we got? Actually, remember he mentioned Bad Reed Sanchez? I believe Jenny has yeah. that horse, right? Yes. Okay. Who's so Pete? Pete? You mean Eric? He, I said he. Oh, he. Yeah. Um, the Keeneland September sales and the Phasic sales at Barrett's both have a catalogs available now. Keeneland right. have print catalogs and Barrett's is online as of this morning. So hopefully we'll have a print one. You going to Keeneland? Yes. Really? Yes. I'll see you there. When book, are you going? Book one. I'm going book two. Book two is also expensive. We, I mean, book one is expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I'm, I don't want to say disappointed, but the variety in book one is not exactly mm. as good as I would like to okay. see from a stallion perspective. Okay. Like it's all like these, you know, top five yeah. stallions that you think of. of but I would have liked to see a little, a little bit, bit more. more. Yeah, I understand. Um, okay. So here's the aftercare corner. Great. Um, so this week they announced the TIP thoroughbred of the year non-competition. Okay. okay. So it's a, like, you know, they do all retired, these retired resources. Yeah. So yes. This is one that doesn't compete. He has other jobs. Okay. So this horse is named Bruce and he actually lives at second chance ranch. He was retired in 2016 when his trainer actually committed suicide because oh, she had another horse break down and oh, she was God. so distraught over it. She took her own life. Oh, so he was retired to this ranch. Well, he now is the equine assistant to mental health with a focus on bullying and suicide prevention. And he also helps teach beginners riding lessons at Washington State University. It's amazing. So that's what he does for his for his life. Good for um, Bruce. And so that's Bruce. And he was the winner of the thoroughbred of the year in the non-competition category. Good for Bruce. And I feel terrible about the the, the trainer. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, just, Delmar coming up. Let's just bring the show down. To a, Sorry, to, a, but to a halt. But the whole, but the whole I mean, point is, tell it's a that good story, story. It's because a good story. It, it's like a full circle situation. I understand. Full okay. circle. Coming up at Del Mar on Friday is Soja. Soja? Is that like Soja Boy? I don't, no, it's definitely it's S O J A, but it's definitely not Soldier Boy. <laughs> uh, I don't know who that band is, okay. but they're playing All right. Happy Hour at Del Mar, so half off drinks. The best Friday night happy hour. And the sip. Um, the sip and style is a it's Bacardi this week. If you're interested, okay. all right. Saturday is the Pat O'Brien. It should be a good race. Yeah, Catalina Cruiser. Catalina going Cruiser. there instead. Oh wait, of who owns that again? Uh, Horonas. <laughs> all of them. Uh, country beer jam, which there's going to be like a couple different country artists. There's really? Gonna be beer tastings, line dancing, a stein holding contest. What is a stein holding contest? You've never done stein holding? You just hold it as long as you so can? So it's a full beer stein and they're huge yeah. and you have to hold them out like this with your arms straight. So it's basically who has the strongest shoulders. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I guess and who, they would, do like guess who wouldn't be good at that. <laughs> Billy's like, my glass is empty. <laughs> yeah, boom. Um, and then it's Daybreak at Del Mar and Family Fun Day in the infield. Who hosts Daybreak at Del Mar? I do. <laughs> uh, and then Sunday is the Shared Belief, which will no longer have Omaha Beach. So sad. Taste of the Turf Club. Always. Uh, and then Daybreak and Family Days. Daybreak, both days, Saturday and Sunday. 7.30 to 9.30. Well, I don't know, man. I'm exhausted. 
I know. That right? was fun, though. You know, I really like talking to Erica. Special thanks to Eric Johnson for taking the time to come on the show today. Uh, thank you to TaylorMade, Stallions, Travis White. Thank you to Delmar and Santa Anita, who helped sponsor the show. And thank you again to all the listeners, all you guys. I can't tell you how much we appreciate all the comments and the, the Twitter mentions uh, at Own a Horse, at the Michelle U, at BKLRF. We really, really appreciate it. If you have any questions about ownership, you can always email me, billy at littleredfeather.com. I will. I'm oh, happy. Oh, you got to, an email this week. I did. Yeah, yeah. Did you not read it? Oh, that was, about um, finding some of the documentaries that we've. Ne- oh yeah, yeah, here. yeah, yeah. All right, we'll we'll do. We're going to do that. We got to find some. Michelle's on that. Michelle is. It's very hard for me down here because I don't have a computer <laughs> or the internet. <laughs> we love you guys. Thank you for listening, Eric Johnson. Thank you. You're a mensch. We'll talk to you guys soon. See you next week on the Horse Ownership Experience. <laughs> You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu, right here on LA Talk Radio. Not this time. Giants Causeway's most brilliant two-year-old ever and America's fastest juvenile in 2016. Ran a four and three-quarter Ragazin in the Grade 1 Breeders' Cup Juvenile, faster than Classic Empire, and his 102 buyer equaled Classic Empire dominated the grade three Iroquois stakes at Churchill by eight and three quarter lengths over eventual Kentucky Derby runner-up looking at Lee. Not this time full of run in the Iroquois. Not this time. Standing at TaylorMade Stallions.